Pretty good. TGIF, yeah. as they say. It is Friday, huh? Yeah, now I understand the meaning of that. Oh, you're a Monday to Friday guy now, huh? Yeah. I, uh, I work every day, so it's just... It all blends in. Yeah, it really does. Even Sunday? Even Sunday, on the Lord's Day. Bro, no days off. <laughs> it's grind time. It, it, well, time to get this paper. Exactly. Uh, making this paper is like I'm averaging like four hours of sleep per night until I get this thing done. Oh. It's consuming me. The uh, print edition. That's right. But I admire your dedication to it, um, especially when there's no. I mean, there are external pressures for you, but it's it's not. Um, it's not like a job. No, well, it doesn't make any money. Yeah. <laughs> right now. No, I, yeah. Don't be, don't it's all startup call. It's like all startup time investment that, and that you play the cards right, uh, promotionally that it, it's successful, and then, then from there, uh, it will ha be like a well-oiled machine. Right. Yeah, that's what. Um... That's what I've been telling myself, and that's what it's kind of turned it into, is, like, I'm sitting the, in many ways, like, the template for future issues. Yeah, that's that good. kind of, like, hopefully 70% of the work moving forward. Hmm. Um, that will be helpful. Definitely. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of getting to a point where it's starting to, I'm thinking more business-minded about it. Yeah. Because um, it's still just a creative project, which makes it easier to just fuck around no um, yeah playing with clay rather than uh sticking to objective deadlines and whatnot but i mean it's but... it's i understand that feeling because you're like there's no um like you can keep pushing it back uh but you don't want to hit the deadline and then have the product quality be you know sacrifice you know what i mean no so yeah, yeah. It's like it's like good and bad. Absolutely. Um, I I've definitely appreciated about uh work you know working my new job for the past month is like, you know no matter what you just have to show up and make an effort. Um, and I wish I had that approach a little more to my like, you know, uh, podcast or to the other, you know, photo or video things that I'm doing is, mm -hmm. like, even when you're not feeling like it, you just do it anyway. Right. So I'm just, I just have a lack of discipline, really. <laughs> That's what it feels. I mean, like, I feel like I'm back in, like, freelance. Yeah. When I was doing freelance full-time, it's like, you're just fucking working all the time, it seems like. Yep. Oh, wait. Sorry, uh, my brother's giving me a call. I'm just going to answer this real quick. Oh, you're good. Hey. Good, everything okay? What's up? 
Uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, you need to get moving. Okay, what they say? All right, so what's the next move? I would do both at the same time. Let them figure out if they're looking at places, that's fine, but you should get moving on... Or, I mean, oh, I understand, because then they'll, they'll have to look at, like, different room size for them. Um, I don't know, you, you may have to take a day. Do you have other roommates you could room with? I mean, you can look with her and then just see what's around it. It doesn't hurt. But, you know, I know I know it's a very, you know, it, it feels like a big leap, but uh, it's getting to crunch time, so you either need to find a place with these guys, find a place with her, or find some roommates. So... Alright, well... I mean, I guess you just gotta start calling around then. But, I don't know, we gotta talk about this more tomorrow. I'm, I'm recording something right now. Yeah. Alright, well, I'll talk to you soon. Alright, bye. Sorry. Well, you're good. My, my brother needs a place to stay. <laughs> oh, what's he, uh, how's he been? He's good, you know, he's, uh, he's, it's school, he's on break from school for this, uh, you know, summertime, uh, okay. so he's in a wedding band, that's his, his job, but his lease is up from where he's living at right now, and he's trying to find a, a place to live with this group of people, um, and it's like a couple plus another guy, and, uh, they've been looking for months, and it's, they, the, the couple's very particular about what they want. They want it to be spacious. They, you know, they want a three-bedroom, but four people are living in there. Blah sure. blah blah. So okay. he, he's like, doesn't know what to do right now. So he, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, worst comes to worst, he he could stay on my couch for a few, you know, like a week or two. But I can't. It'd be like a you, me, and the pre situation. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
<laughs> It'll be there months later. Yeah, I mean... Uh, On the couch, like, drinking straight from the, from the milk. <laughs> milk yeah, I mean, I love my brother, but uh, <laughs> it's... Uh, when we're together, like... When I don't have my space, then he starts to get on my nerves. Okay. Yeah, so, um, I don't know what it's like with you and your brother. We, we lived together when I graduated. Not immediately when I graduated college, but a few years later. And I would say, of my single life, was probably the happiest I'd been. (laughs) Um, I mean, we always had, like, that sibling kind of bickering, but that, that was just a the golden age of our relationship yeah but it's it's good to be with your brother because it's at least somebody you know instead of being stuck with yeah. some random roommate you know yeah and i i did that shit yeah way too long yeah like yeah and i'm sure you know you and cam are like get, are compatible living together you know i mean i think that's that's this is a problem you face when you're in your early twenties is like finding a good living partner, sure. but but it is something that <clears throat> should be appreciated. Like, you know, Rachel and I are able to cohabitate. I mean, we're both she's immaculately clean, and okay. I and I like to be pretty organized. And that's good. We're on the same page about all like the household type stuff. You know. Okay. Yeah. I I probably keep my mess to myself. Yeah, in your room. <laughs> yeah. Um, although, like, having a kid on the horizon has definitely changed a lot of things. Get get ready to get messy. I know, yeah. But it's good for the, like, artistic creativity because it, it allows you to let things bleed over past the boundaries, you know? Absolutely. It's actually driven me on the sense of, like, I don't want to be a loser dad. Yeah. You know, I want to, like... All the ambitions I've had stored in my head mm. to actually like, do them now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like there's that kind of pressure. Yeah, you kind of get over yourself to a degree because it's not just about you anymore. Yeah, stop overthinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. Stop dawdling. I was in, uh, Con- you know, I went home to Connecticut uh, the other week uh, uh-huh. or the past weekend uh, for, for 4th of July. Um, and I thought it was going to be kind of weird, like, going home and, you know, my room being different and stuff, but it really all felt the same, so. Is that, like, your childhood bedroom? No. Okay. This This is just the one I had been living in since COVID the, the past two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. But, Have you know. You, uh, yeah. you, and, you and your girlfriend living together. Is there, is there any, uh, you want to say, you guys are, are getting along well and... Yeah, I mean... It, has it introduced any new unseen dynamics or Yeah, anything? you know, it's funny because I remember talking to other other couples about this. Um, there's, I, for the most part, I mean, there are certain things that you learn, like, uh, yeah. but we are learning to... Or I'm, I think because we had been seeing each other basically every weekend for like the past, you know, five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like now we're here for an extended period of time, and of course we go to work. Um, but 
I think when we had that shorter period of time, we wanted to always give each other like undivided attention. Sure. And I find myself doing that now as like when, you know, even because we have work all day and we get home, you know, when I come home, I want to just focus on her. But at the same time, I'm trying to balance some of the other things that I want to be doing, you know? Sure. You know, and, and, and I think she gets a little anxious is like, if, if I want to go off and do something like that, I'm neglecting her or I don't like her. I don't want to like be around her. I'm just like, you know, it's a, a, but I like right now, you know, I'm in my corner and she's in her, her corner and we're both doing our thing and there's no, uh, problem. That's something to figure out. Uh, Kim's very supportive. Yeah. Um, that's a very, very neat way to put it. It's, it's much more than that. But but when I'm, like, keyed in, like, hours will go by, and I'm just totally aloof to everyone else in the house, and I can tell she hates that. When, like, when I snap back into reality, and she's just kind of sitting there like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember um, me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, that can be kind of awkward, but... For the most part, it's all it's all been good. I, I, yeah, I certainly want to get more on your wavelength of, like, you have the other work to do, and then in your free time, you kind of have to like push yourself to do your personal project, whatever you're working on. Because um, I've been working nine to five, and uh, nine to five thirty, I get home at six thirty. By the time I get home and eat dinner, I'm just like. I'm fucking shot. I just want to. Yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, I think we said this last time, but uh, like I, I almost just want to put on like a sign up on my wall that just says like, it's more fun than you think. Like it's <laughs> it's fun. Because uh, when I, when I have to sit, like I, I kind of dread doing the work. I don't like necessarily have to do. Yeah. Um, that dread is stupid because as soon as I sit down, like thirty seconds into it, I'm having fun. Yeah. And then it becomes an issue of, like, I don't go to bed, so I'll stay on <laughs> 2 or 3 in the morning. I wish I had that problem. Well, it's been fun lately, and I've been kind of <laughs> roping came in with this, because part of the design of the magazine at this point is, you know, putting in <coughs> pornographic images. Yep. Um, it's like last night I threw on, what would I watch? The 70s porno. Um, behind, behind the Green Door. Mm-hmm. In 72. Not, so not through the looking glass. Split screen. And would just take stills from that. Um, whatever. Put on that. The, whatever filter for whatever fair use. Or however the fuck that works. Yep. Um, so that's fun. <laughs> uh, and I kind of roped Kim into some of that. In like a... Is, do you feel like it's a kind of bonding that you guys have? Or... Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, like, hey, what do you think about this image? And it'd be, like, her sucking off two dudes and overriding <laughs> another guy, and there's all this, like, psychedelic 70s shit going on. <laughs> um, and, I don't know, it's just funny. Yeah, I, um, I think my problem that I've had basically um, for the past, I don't even know how long, but... Um, I sort of get interested and I have an idea of a style or a concept and then I like start it and I'm very, uh, 
I just feel very in not in control as the artist, which is now, which I now recently I feel like it's starting to come back to me, uh, mm. because of the period of time that I was freelancing and I was also trying to do like freelance photography stuff. I felt very at the mercy of the client, and I didn't. I wasn't even getting lots of client work, but I just felt like I had to make things that were appealing to a general audience. Um, but I really like that I have stable income so that when I pick up the camera, like whatever I'm shooting is what I want to be doing, you know? You could be more leisure with it. Yeah. I mean, I've well, always... it seems like your approach, at least for like the podcast, which is similar to my, mine, which, which is fun, but also can, uh, take a long time is like experimenting with each, like for you, like episode, it seems like. Yeah. Um, like for example, the five interviews in this issue, like I want each one to be different and like tailored to the conversation. Yes. So like, I can't just copy and paste, um, which is, I said that like I've set up a format and a template for myself moving forward, but kind of not really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, the conversations kind of dictate that, which I think it, it's fun because I, I really, I have to be doing learning something or doing something new there, there must be like some kind of like process of discovery otherwise I just I, I don't want to do it um, what I've so. found out with the experimenting has been a lot of the podcast has been completely off camera you know mm. like I've been I'm recording stuff all the time it looks like I'm doing nothing uh a lot of stuff I just don't put up because I don't feel like it's good enough. And maybe I'm being a perfectionist, but if you've listened to the last episode, S plus S, that was kind of my venture into, like, how can I be less self-aware? You know, how can I frame myself more as, like, a character in this, like, world, you know? Sure. Um, and having, and some of it is related to my photography is I, I am more interested in like things being candid and life as it is. And just like taking a snippet of time in in this case, it being audio instead of a photograph. So, you know, I recorded, um, I had, uh, I don't, I think you saw, I had my belated commencement for college uh, like oh, that's right. Two weeks ago, yeah, and so... That was with John Waters, right? Yeah, I, John Waters spoke, and I recorded it. Um, and I also recorded, like, the rest of the commencement. And, you oh, know, it's, it's got to be, like, two hours. It's really uninteresting stuff, but... Wait, did you, did you post that anywhere? I didn't post it anywhere, and I was okay. going to make the John Waters speech, like... Uh, an episode of, of the salt box i think that would be incredible yeah i think it would well, be dude, how our commencement speeches uh fair game like can you just which i don't like podcasters kind of we're we can do whatever the fuck we want right now that's what i like right now is that i could i could and i have all these ideas and i just need to actually do them is like the john water speech that could be an episode you know i have an idea of like andrew and i making music together and just us recording the like music making process and like that being an episode you know yeah. like like yeah. anything could be anything right now and that's like 
so exciting is because it could be music and it could be a slice of life but what i found is like what makes the most sense for a podcast is that it is a conversation you know because yeah. i'm not interested i don't i'm not interested in asmr particularly um <laughs> Or that's not what I'm trying to use the audio format for. I do like the field recordings, and that's like an aspect of it. Um, mm -hmm. But you could just have like a whole, a whole episode, you know, that's like 30 minutes, and it's just like ambient noise. Right. Uh, but or, or it could be in that ambient noise, like some people are talking, and the conversation is about something, and you learn something. Or it could be about nothing, and you don't learn anything. Right. Oh, but maybe you learn that you didn't like what whatever the fuck that was and that was a complete waste of time but like like you Matteo learning or like the the listener the listener I mean I recorded when I went home and it's funny because when I'm using the field recorder and you have the same one people like every time someone sees the light on it the recording light they're like are you recording right now and I, I would just record like conversations that my family and I are having you know without <laughs> without them knowing um, sure. I think for me, what I've learned and why I haven't posted a lot of that is because like the act of doing that is like more interesting than the actual product of it. Um, That's funny you say that. Your uh, for your photo series, I I put like my intro paragraph. Um, just finished that the other day. Yeah, and it's all about you. <laughs> I, I, I referenced the the panopticon of of your camera, and uh, how. Let me, let me find it. Matthew Denicola. Oh, no, it's not loading. <laughs> Matthew Denicola is a photographer with a girlfriend whose naked form and early morning intimacy unwillingly serve as the subjects of his new photo series. Privacy is a legal fiction that goes totally unrecognized by the panopticon of Matthew's camera. <laughs> I like that. So, you're like a government. Uh, <laughs> the surveillance system. It... Uh, in this case, like, uh, because I, uh, to a, a degree, I am trying to respect everybody's privacy. And, um, you know, this could bleed over into a conversation about online anonymity. Um, sure. Which, you know, at large, um, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is, like, I feel very conflicted. I, I want to be revealing. I want to be, like, honest Mm -hmm. But I also don't want to put people in a vulnerable position that is, like, potentially dangerous to them. Sure. Um, but I also just think it's really interesting how people speak really candidly when they don't know that they're being recorded. And then there's just so much information that, like, every you know, people are like, I can't. I, that can't be put out publicly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you want subjects who are, like, in on the game, uh, at least for the sake of, like, maintaining a relationship with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really admire artists who are invasive and kind of creeps. Um, yeah. Like, I saw... I. But it's not easy. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's e not, and you gotta be... It's like the, the Safdie brothers... They talk about that and how, I think in good time, uh, at the beginning of the movie when they're they're racing through New York yeah. after the, the bank robbery, 
um, a lot of the reactions from people, like, those weren't extras, those, those were just people on... Oh, really? The, yeah, wow. those are just real people who had no, they didn't know what's going on. Wow. From the tone, like, I don't, I could be totally speaking on my ass here, but it sounds like there was no, like, permission asked to use them or anything like that, um, or at least that was their approach, was just almost this documentary-like, um, you know, collection of the scene. These are real reactions, <laughs> yeah. But it's also yeah. bleeding into fiction a little bit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and there's some, there, I don't know, there's just something really bold about that. Uh, I don't, like, the privacy thing, like, the constitutional right of that is, it's not like being ideologically eroded. Um, it's just some, just media, the, the state of media is just doing that of itself. Um, I mean, so, I don't, pers- I don't know. What it's I'm something that I like just don't have that uh that that layer of conscience to <laughs> consider that. Um. I mean, I do it on the level of like, you know, I'm talking to my mom and she's like name dropping people that we know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't feel like for some reason I don't feel comfortable with that being like public information. But at the same time. I'm very much of the mindset, like, the more personal you are, the more, I think, universal it can reach to you, you know? Right, yeah. Uh, I, n- no one's really has, like, there's no witch hunt against me in, in any particular manner, you know, a knock on wood. Uh, That'd be weird. It'd be weird for people to go after you. Yeah, I... I uh, not because, like, you're, there's nothing, like, you're, I don't know, you could, just by, like, the, the people you talk to and... The opinions you do hold, like, like people could, but you just have a personality that's um. I don't know. You have to be an asshole <laughs> to go after Matteo. I don't think I'm like antagonistic or anything. Um, no. Yeah. So I mean, that's just some of my my protective barrier that I think in some ways is holding me back as a safety mechanism, but in other ways. I think is maybe prohibiting what could be some sort of exciting experiment. So, I mean, yeah, I'd, I've been doing some of that other stuff and haven't posted it all. And a, a project I have been working on a lot, and I think you would be interested in this, is, um, I, and it's funny, before I say this, I, I have this superstition about... You know when you like say something out loud, and it like kill it like kills the momentum of it. Yeah, uh, it's totally real. So I mean, I could just say this right now, and then I just never do it again after it. But past tense, I had made videos of me. And I, I'll keep it short. I've been recording myself around the apartment. Okay. Similar to the podcast, you know, just set up a tripod, we're on the couch, I'm doing laundry, I'm walking around in my underwear, you know, it's it's being recorded. <laughs> uh, you, gotta, you gotta video record that. No, it's, you gotta do. it's video recorded, yeah. Oh, you set the tri- oh, that's right, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's, Sorry, that's been, um... I'm a horrible listener. No, that's, you're a great listener, and you... You are like the um, 
You're like a great uh, curator or like uh, editor. You're like the best editor of me, Ryan. Like you know, you know how to like, and I think this is an underrated skill you have is, um, like you're able to get the the crux of my thinking and other people's thinking when you interview them in like a con concise, clear format, you know. And especially for someone like me who's not uh, very articulate, it's very helpful because I don't have... You're able to take my jumbled thoughts and make them into a thesis of some sort when regularly it's just scattered words. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's, nice to, that's nice to hear. Uh, that's something I had to kind of grapple with because I, I had ambitions of being a writer... And like those are still there, I still want to like write and and create, you know, yada yada. Mm. But I I do think my strong suit is editing. Um, yeah, I mean, which if anyone with like an ego, like, cause it feels like you're just serving other people's work. Um, if, if you start with the ambition of like being your own self-made, self-contained little author, um, it's you got to kind of humble yourself to. Like, to do that, or I, I had to at least. Yeah. Um, but I just, I felt, I did, I felt that. I felt, uh, it's, it's fun in, in like, for, like, designing the magazine and let's say it's like your photos or Adam Lair's interview with, you know, um, I, I do feel much like the, the strength there is like kind of getting to the core of like the connecting thread to each piece. Dude. And, and then creating, like, an organized aesthetic to it. Like, that's the editing to me. Not um, not to cut you off, but this just reminded me that I should try to take a picture of Adam that you can use in the magazine. <laughs> That'd be cool. I mean, right now, um, I know what you mean by, like, speaking things. Because uh, I, I got a fortune cookie a while ago that said that the more I talk about something, less likely it's going to happen. Yeah, so keep it very brief, then. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's basically done, so I'm okay. Okay. But, because, yeah, like, again, talking about, like, invading people's privacy and shit, uh, for me, that's just, like, taking people's images online. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to go through the step of asking them. <laughs> no, you just do um, it. Unless I'm cool with them, it's, you know, it's fun, but uh, strangers, I just, I'd, uh, I'd rather just be a creep and just take it and... Yeah. Hope you know i mean cool. images are free now i they mean are. everything yeah. is just around well you can you can you can just throw in a halftone filter and there you go it's your it's your own little creative project yeah <laughs> uh, um yeah so like lair i got i had the one photo i used of him and then the photos i've been using throughout is just all the different figures of his book um all the the heroin artists yep um but it, but it would like the next step would it would be great to uh, like organize photo series. Um, I think that's. I mean, I was also really surprised by the spread you sent me. Is that I mean, not only are you a good editor of words, but you've got a great eye for design too. So yeah. I think that um, you know, photo editing uh, would be. I don't know if it's something you'd be interested in. Um, but we, you know, you'd have to get a little more up to speed with, like, 
photography literacy of like artists but i think you're yeah you can totally do that because you know how to sequence and you think like yeah. a writer and it's just like you know like a, if a picture is a thousand words you know you just have blocks of words that you're organizing oh yeah dude yours was so fun it's my favorite <laughs> i mean they're all good in their own no world. but i think the way you you made it come together I mean, it made more sense than I was when we were just talking about it. it was that you, you know? Of course, nice. you've been looking at the images a lot, and dude, and it's it's really made me think. You know, the male gaze thing is something that um, I used to like take issue with as like one of those crazy feminist ideas. Um, that that eventually it's like well no that's actually true there is a male gaze and but it, it's a good thing like that's the true red pill there yeah it's and but it's not only like it really is like it's strange to me that it's because not like the more that i've done this and okay i've got a girlfriend you know who i love and we're gonna have a kid like i'm locked in there yeah um so right now like curating these pornographic images and then even more than that like you know looking at models online well, I'll just come across a picture, and I'll, I'll think, like, dude, that looked dope as, like, a, a full-page spread or as, like, <laughs> a third sequence. Yeah. Um, that's not, like, the, it would look good because they're hot, like, sure, but it's also, like, just objectively speaking, like, it, it, I can kind of, the more I've been doing this, the more that I don't, like, want to fuck these girls, um, I have a bit more of that quote-unquote male gaze, uh, and the that... And the male gaze being like, whatever you're looking at is now an object. Yeah, it's it's odd. And like when you objectify, like when a woman's being objectified, it's you don't want to fuck objects necessarily. You know, um, there's a great there's a great like passage in a Infinite Jest with this character named Orin, mm. and he has this whole passage about how he subjectifies women's or women. Yeah. <laughs> and he like he treats them as subjects and his sort of little um his sexual exploits he would he'd reach and he'd, he'd like pander to their subjectivity and really like see in this manipulative um exploitative way he would like see their desires and if he tell them what they want to hear and, <laughs> and yada yada it sounds worse than just fucking and leaving you know Oh my god, it, it is worse. It's way worse than, like, the objectification thing that was, like, the big boogeyman of the past however many decades. Um, Which isn't even a word in, like, the discourse anymore. Hmm. Like, reading, I remember when I first read that, it was, like, it was a gut punch to me because I saw myself through college um, when I was a bit more of, like, your, your generic college libtard. Yeah. Because um, that was the game I would play. It was like knowing kind of intuitively what to say to women to kind of pander, like you, you treat them as subjects um, and then you get what you want and you, and you leave and like, and by like kind of diving into like their inner realm, like you kind of like hollow them out. And like, I think that's like, the that's like the male feminist tactic, you know? Um, yeah, it was exactly what I was going to say. Is, is <clears throat> Now it's just transferred into, you know, uh, like uh, throwing out things about being uh, woke or... I mean, woke is a stupid word that's 
overused, but <laughs> like throwing yeah. out like uh, t Twitter language and buzzwords and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Just to get some poon. I mean, that's like <laughs> for for the average male, like that's the motivation: butthole or pussy. That's like <laughs> <laughs> that's well, what they're there for. Exactly. Well, it's like um, doing it to men too. It's like there's there's certain as a hetero dude, like um, I like that. Like Jack mentions uh, Ken Russell and who's the fuck the dude that did uh, Flesh. Um, Paul Morsey or or the other guy? Yeah, that like they have this sort of like hetero homo male gaze. Yeah, that's um, uh, I thought that was Paul Morrissey, or is that uh, what's the? That sound yeah, Paul Morrissey. Right, he's a hetero dude, right? Um, so, but whatever. Seeing them do that, Ken Russell being one, where it's it's um. I mean, Kanye, I feel like, I feel like Anna Akashian and Zach just talked about this, but, like, Kanye has a bit of that, he has that, um... I like how they said it. They said that he has, like, the gay eye, or something like that, in the way yeah. he, he sees aesthetics first, you know? Yes. You and see that in, um, I still have to listen to that full episode with them, but the, uh, the movie he did for My Beautiful dark twisted fantasy with the like turkey lady <laughs> running around oh yeah you know what i'm talking about no as sort of like the the anima like the feet like she's like the his inner female projected outward oh, she's really? super um i think he like makes that with her midway through the movie <laughs> but but it's like that's like his the way that like gay men can look at women and beautify them because they have that objective distance they don't want to fuck them you know yeah uh yeah, like someone like Kanye has that. Um, like I don't, I like, I feel like I've I've, I've had a bit of that, but just uh, <laughs> didn't uh, feel weird about it. Um, Cause I want like male asses and shit in this too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which we got yours in here. <laughs> hey, I made an uh, effort. Yeah, you got it in there. Let's see if I got the others. Um, I don't know, it's just, that's been kind of the fun, kind of, like, self-discovery, like, honing my male gaze, um, and my image-making. Yeah. Of this, like, I think, yeah, awesome. I think image is a really important word here. Mm hmm You know, about how, how you form, like, these images of, of other people, and, like, and you know the image is the um I, I don't know if I'm using these words correctly, but it it's uh you know, images can be what's the word? I remember Orton saying this once, but it's like mm -hmm. uh, you know, listening to a recording of music is way different than listening to live music. Just like looking at a picture is way different than looking at the actual thing. Sure. Um You've, like, trapped this physical object into a t 2D plane. More than just the physicality, I think images and, like, what you're interested in is, like, the erotic. Is that there's just so much room for fantasy in that. Yeah, well, yeah, they're inherently, uh, like, fetishistic. 
and that like magazines you know because that's one of the big things like in the 21st century like who the fuck is gonna put you know bank on magazines like the print you know the print magazine um because the digital anything like podcasting is where it's at um less people are like magazines just aren't the cultural force they were just a few decades ago no um, yeah. but they but i but they do just they have um they're inherently fetishistic to me which which i just is my favorite part about it like i remember being young and hanging out my friend's house where like playing the like tony hawk pro skater and Classic. one of us would you know whoever's playing or whoever's not playing would be like just pouring through whatever sports illustrated swimsuit <laughs> you know um and it's like that uh <laughs> it's like that uh lucy k bit about like jizzing out of your eyes um like you don't you don't get that staring at a phone or i mean now it's like scrolling which is it's scrolling which is like clean surface and it's um like even like pornography on your phone it's it's much more like utilitarian like the function is just to get off and, and get on um yeah whereas like like flipping through a magazine like i would i would stare i mean i, I don't know well i was exceptionally horny as, as a younger boy but like i would stare at these these girls <laughs> in the printed form like to the point of like heartbreak like i like be heartbroken over it but i think what's interesting about print and connects to sex is that not all of sex is the constant stroking you know like mm. either you notice there's like a lot of and that's why you're able to last longer is is there's like this kind of foreplay that happens you know at maybe at the beginning maybe in between you know it's and yeah so i mean that kind of reminds me of when you're when you're looking at this like physical object uh, for some reason i don't know why it happens on the phone like this sort of electronic image uh but it seems like when you're dealing with like sex or the erotic um it's not all just coming immediately you know and then it seems like more with when you're masturbating for maybe on i don't know a phone it's like there's that immediacy because you just open the tab and it's right there so when you're right. when you have to flip through it's like you have to scan the page you have to flip to the next thing to like activate it um, and it kind of makes you want to <laughs> wait it out a little bit, you know, or, or, and maybe, or maybe even just look, I, I don't, not many times, have, you know, I've looked on porn on the computer and been like, I just want to look at this. <laughs> right. You know, I just like, okay, I just want to start stroking it, man. <laughs> yeah. You're, just, you're a monkey in a cage and you just got to do your business. Um, the thing, like, uh, the internet is just it's inherently social so they there's just the illusion of um these people on your screen being closer than they are where like eroticism requires distance um uh, because distance has like anticipation because like that's like 90 percent of of sex is like the anticipation of sex yes you know of course, yeah. like going out to that's that was like one of the worst parts about like covid and shit is like no one going out to bars um well it's so exciting if for people like it's that that potent when you're in that moment there's like that potential of something dude like the the staring making eye contact across the bar is like 
the most thrilling experience. Yeah. Um, and more up not doesn't go anywhere. Um, no, I mean, I think that's why, you know, people, including myself, have an interest in hearing about other people's, not even so much, like, sexual, like, the, the act of sex itself, but hearing about, like, an encounter or a date or the potential to, like, fucking, you know, get some, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I had a co-worker today, he's like, I've got a date after work, he was all dressed up, I'm like, get it, man, get it, <laughs> you know, like, I'm excited for you, uh, even though I'm not, you know, I don't have to worry about anything, you know. No, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> that's been what's fun. You you bringing up all the Mac or not Mac Drip, but I mean like the, all the Bay Area shit. Because <laughs> I started in school and it just it brought me back to all that in college. I know. Uh, it's uh, just funny. Before we get sidetracked on uh, rap, yeah, yeah. rap music, um, what I mean I don't know. If this is a stretch, but my here's my thesis about um, before we were sort of t what were we talking about? We were talking about, like, the unknown and it mm -hmm. being exciting, like, looking mm -hmm. at an image. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what it was exactly, but... The distance, um... No, before that, before that. Oh, uh... Sorry, I'm having some drinks, because, uh... Just sound nice. I mean... Um... I think my thesis is that the unknown and the fantasy can be erotic. And I think this only works that we don't know what happens after we die. And that's so, like, sexually thrilling to everybody. You know? Yeah, yes. Like, uh, that Jim Morrison, right? He's the Doors guy. I think has, so, yeah. It's Jim, right? <laughs> uh, Mr. Morrison of the Doors. He he's like he has that quote like the two most important things is in life is is sex and death, um, and, and they're virtually they're almost the same thing. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you know, obviously this is not a radically new thought because you know something like yeah, you can't even disattribute that to him, but but um no, I was gonna say like women in love has the same like when they have this like psychedelic uh in you know, scenes of sex or, uh, you know, in the, in nature. And then like, also when someone dies, it's like filmed the same, like sort of erotic way. <laughs> but I think there's something just about, you know, that always not knowing is like th really thrilling in a way. It's thrilling. And it's, there's like a certain ache to like, it's, there's a pain, like it's painful. Oh, it's uh, immensely painful, but which is, there's joy to that, though. Like, there's something that's part of the thrill. Um, th that, which is, like, that, I don't, I don't understand now. Like, we're talking about, like, you look at your phone, um, the sex positivity of, like, just getting off and giving in to your immediate, um, I don't want to use the word libidinal, because there's something almost, like, there's no libido to it. It's just pure function. Well, it's I just, think it's very, you know, it's really selfish to, to jerk off. It's a very... It's just like endocrine response. It's just well, pure, and, like, neurochemical dopamine. Well, I mean, um, I mean, that's why the word is masturbation. It's like, uh, you know, when people use that in other contexts, you know, his art pro project was masturbatory. 
is that yeah. you know it's like this act of you know self gratification and and uh you know sort of narcissism to be like you know i'm avoiding i'm of you know all other responsibilities are thrown to the wayside i need to get off right now right um that's what like that's what makes like morrissey and like mishima um Morrissey specifically because there are no fabbers. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like he has that um, much of his music. Like I'm thinking, Balsation Cousin is um, about that aching longing, um, uh, about wanting someone. You know, that that is just kind of out of your reach. Um, yeah, and or the the, the the faint potential of it, and the fact that there is potential is like what hurts the most. Um, like you listen to that song, like the guitar is just like this screeching guitar. It, it's such a hot song, yeah. And that that cuts like far more close, like the the eroticism, um, or just more honest expression of like a, a genuine sexual experience um, that I gravitate towards, you know. Um, yeah. Versus, yeah, this fucking Lizzo. Look at my. Titties, in my but ass I, I mean, you know, someone like Lizzo is, is not even. I'm big on Lizzo, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's she's, a, she's an obvious like vulgar example. Of well, it, she's but, but um, she's not even like sexual to me. I don't even think about her in like a sexual way, you know, because it's... no one does, and that's the whole kind of gimmick. Um, is that? But she she kind of uh, she kind of um eases the whole neuroticism around that of like well if she can be bold and brash and happy with herself I, there's just so there's so much that's just so delusional about that that it's such a trap because if you if you try to talk about it honestly you sound mean like you're bullying yeah um, i mean that tends to happen a lot with the sex positivity stuff and people's that's looks get trap with it. it's but, such a chinese finger trap i mean uh, look you know she's she makes like it's you know it's safe now it, it's target music you know it's music mm -hmm. to be played at target and so it's I mean, not maybe a few drinks in but uh <laughs> yeah i mean it's it doesn't come off flagrant in, in, in any way to me i mean yeah i don't know um yeah we don't go on the lizzo train but uh but it does it it's this kind of new pornography um which is also, it overlaps with, like, how people approach art, which is that it has to be self-gratifying um, and self-confirming. Yeah, um, yeah. When the intent of art is to destroy the self and, like, challenge who you think you are, not to confirm your identity or, you know, whatever. This, um, this is just what reminded me about before um, when we were talking about artists who, like, invade is that some people dedicate their life to making art and that totally destroys social relationships that they have and yeah. for me that's not something that's not um i think that there could be potential to further relationships with art is really getting to know the people around me um but i some people t can be go so far to be so brutally honest that nobody wants to be around them, you know, in mm. in the case, in all for whatever this like abstraction of being art, you know, making yeah. art, you know, yeah. um, and so yeah. when it comes to like 
things being like destroying the self, I think it's it's um obviously easier said than done that right you know doing something like this and i think you know a problem that i have is that the self-awareness and i know all the like positive advice and then and then i don't do anything about it so (laughs) you know like right it is it's just so weird i what motivates what can motivate a person i don't know but i know all the things you need to do it every day you know, you need to put in your effort sure. all the time. You know, you need to be reaching out. I don't, I know all the things. Um, so, right. it, it, <laughs> right, or right. like, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like, you know, uh-huh. I'm taking baby steps. Like, you know, the past few days I've been listening to music I don't listen to. I've never heard of my life. Uh, yeah, dude, I'll take like film and like music recommendations as advice. Like, I'll follow that. I have a hard time with the... Uh... And I and I, I don't think it's a humiliate hum, humiliate the fuck humility. I'm losing my. I don't think it's a matter of being humble. Um, About taking humility. recommendations. Humility thing. There we go. Sorry, I can't speak. Yeah, it's um, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because because you're right. Because like it's like I know this, and um, that's just a matter of just discipline and practice. Actually, just. You know, getting good habits that you just gotta do on your own. Like everyone knows what foods to eat, and that you gotta exercise, and da 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 da. Like that shit is very simple and basic. It's just a matter of doing it and getting to the discipline of it. Um, if there's anyone outside of your life who's gonna be useful in that sense, they gotta kind of be a, a strict authoritarian. You know, who just like screams at you. Yeah, like that. You have to. I I, that works. I always think about this quote from Nymphomaniac is. Uh, whatever the like eunuch guys, you know, having the conversation, you know, he says, do you start cutting your fingernails? What hand do you start with the left or the right? You know, if you you start with the with the left, it means you like going for the easy thing first. Mm -hmm. And you like to and if you go for the right, it means you want to deal with the problems head on. And you know, that's complete and utter nonsense. But I always think it's true because I always start with the left. Is that I was okay. I always want to play first, and and then when it's crunch time, I'm just gonna have to get out the way what needs to get out the way. But do you clip your fingernails like with a fingernail clipper? <laughs> yes, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I bite mine. I haven't I haven't used fingernail clippers in I don't know how long. <laughs> I don't bite my nails. I'm a I'm an animal with that shit. I don't. Um, maybe I take the dirt out of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, um, sorry, go on with that. So, I mean, I guess I've just been kind of, uh, the few things that I like about work that hopefully I can implement to my own, uh, just daily routines and practices is about, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm in the office, I have to show up and do the job, even if I don't feel like it, even if my work performance is poorer than the best day. You know, mm-hmm. it's just about getting there and, and putting out something. So, right. um, yeah, I think that's, and then there was one other thing I was going to say that I totally forgot about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that is, um, that is the right way to do it. And that's when, what really like lights, lights front of my ass is that like being your own judge, it doesn't work. Um, 
like yeah they're they're you gotta it, it is fulfilling to do things your own way but but at the end of the day you just gotta fucking do it and put it out um and not be guided by the question like if it is or isn't art because that's not that's not even for you to decide no it's it's not and i i feel really kind of uh almost embarrassed of some of the earlier episodes where I was having like proclamation. I mean, I didn't, I didn't proclaim anything. I was just trying to figure out. But I don't think that's for. No, that, I don't think that's, that's for um, the maker to decide at all. No, that's something that's on the mind of anyone with any sort of creative or even just like just media ambition. Um, I always like what my friend David says: "Is you know it when you see it." You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I and that's certainly true. I mean, there are all these mediums, and whether they be visual or audio or otherwise, uh, which I don't know what the other ones would be. Senses? Smell? Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Well, I mean, it goes to show, too, like, anything that, that sells itself on the, the banner of art tends to just totally suck and has its head up its own ass. Cer um, certainly true, that's... You know? I mean, there's there's so much good stuff that isn't really trying to um uh, would which you know art is a total abstraction and also set by like you know institutions of, of like yeah dude. because it yeah. made it into the set of walls it's like okay we the con you know context is everything you know if you looked at a, a Picasso on the subway, you know, versus in the MoMA, you know, you'd have two different interpretations of them. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, in the, in the case of what is happening in a podcast, is, I just think it's so exciting because it seems to be a realm unmolested by the really invasive copyright laws, you know? and mm -hmm. And also kind of buried in the, like, uh, esoteric uh, yes. barrier of time that like you can have like three hours of like conversation and that like weeds out undesirable people because they don't want to tune in for the <laughs> whole thing right you know but then the initiated people will will un will get it I mean maybe the, I'm just you know I sound so fucking you know whatever you know. <laughs> I don't want to like no. talk up what we're doing, but um... no, it's hard. To, I mean, that relates to something I've been thinking about a lot, it, which is like mass culture and um, thinking about like doing ads for this. Which I, I like the the conventional like cigarette, perfume, uh, booze, and like McDonald's ads. You know, yeah, um, that sort of like mass market. And the, the art of mass market, like, you know, that was Warhol's whole thing. Yeah, of course. Which is, um, I still think it's super admirable, and I still think that very few people actually get that in the art world. Um, well, they, which is why, like, Warhol is still, like, he's a perpetually interesting, controversial topic because of that. Um, same with, like, David Lynch. Like, they think that they're being ironic about their interest in mass art. And, or, or, like, Tarantino's another one. Yeah. Um, and it, it's I, I like that and I, I kind of gravitate towards that too like the the art of like mass culture and and things intended for mass release for a mass audience um, you know even like I, I have a mixtape selection in this magazine that was um, kind of 
<laughs> spending all night on, like, thinking, like, oh, dude, like, fucking, I need to have some, like, some deep cut shit here. Yeah. Um, just to, to, to be, like, chill that I'm in the know of some, you know, some cool shit. So, <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, I like the Eagles, though. <laughs> you know? Um, so I'd, I'd rather, I don't know, I, that, so, I, I don't know if there even is, like, the whole, like, mass culture thing in this, like, I don't know if that's even a thing anymore, because it, this, it's all kind of collapsed on itself. Um, we have our micro communities that are all kind of cells of this like larger discourse or, or whatever. You know, we're, we're still, we can find our little niche, our little group chat on Twitter, but it's still on Twitter and we're still talking about like what's happening on Twitter. Or we're talking about like not talking about what's happening on Twitter, you know. Um, it's, I so, mean, it's, it's certainly fragmentation is just the key word like across the board and and like compartmentalizing you know because even if you're on twitter the twitter even if you follow the same people on twitter that you do instagram the conversation is totally different you know like that's why talking about like images and shit um like i just feel so retarded lately I, i can't even think things through that's just like pure intuition of just I, I like this image, I'm going to throw it here and I'm not going to think about it. Um, <laughs> cause hey, just the, trying to think yeah, anything I mean, through. Um, I'm just so overstimulated on like the social end and like what, what how is this going to register um, to whatever, like what are, what are going to be like the social metrics involved in this creative decision? Like I'm, I'm just so over that, that it's just I like this image. That's a good pair of titties. Let's put those there. <laughs> Let's move on. You know. Yeah. I, well, ten. You know, I, I know this from looking at images. Is that you're kind of trying to find layers of meaning. You know, for it to be. A good is such a, ter- a terrible word to use, but it's, you know, for something to to uh, stimulate. You know. This great bird. For it to be, you know, in uh, moving, even sure. just even just subconsciously, you know, it it kind of needs to be operating on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, film and photo can certainly work that way. Contemporary photo, why it's and why it, uh, in some ways, it feels like a dead end now is because it's pure metaphor. Every mm-hmm. image is a metaphor for something else. And that sure. seems to be all there's that it goes to, you know, is that you look at it, and if you've been looking at other contemporary photographers, you know, it, you make inferences or, you know, and, and it's also, uh, um, it's heavily reliant on, um, I think photography in, in the art form is, is heavily reliant on other pre-existing um media or cultural institutions or cultural events that they're referencing you know um Mm -hmm. or like you have to have known a history of something to like understand the image on a different level like so um i I don't know if i'm sounding way too broad but no i mean that that is that is it i mean to a degree like the canon is there in just about every... Canon, that's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah, like, yeah. like the, anything you put out there is going to 
implicitly be in reference to something that's been done before. Yes. Um, like what? Like what's new? You know, like even even podcasting has its like uh, predecessor in, in like uh, radio and and whatnot. So yeah. Um. So what it is? It's just it's just uh, it's your personality you're putting out there, um, and what you're you're kind of. It's just pure expression, and, and like you got to be comfortable with that. And the only people who can make it right now are those who are well adjusted enough to even put themselves out there. Um, down to like putting out images or putting out or covering anything. Like this mixtape I'm doing is like it, it's revealing in a way, um, and people like have a hard time with that. Like they have a hard time being judged. Yeah. Uh, and like that's the main block for everyone. Um, Every like that's that's like that's it, you know. Like as far as like trying to pioneer a new art tradition or what, like yeah, I like I don't know. I don't know if the if that's even available with the current media because it, everything's so social now in this like swirling way. It's like it's this Ayn Randian nightmare. Um, <laughs> Or Nightmare 2 Ayn Rand, I guess, you know to say? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's this, like, kind of communism of ideas and social equivalency. Um, so you just, you just, through the boldness of your personality, which is what um, the the art and images you attach to yourself, like, that's, that's what you gotta, like, just push through the noise and just, just be cooler and louder than everyone else like it is it just is a popularity contest at the, at the end of the day but um you just gotta be brash and bold enough to own that you know look it's like i know these things but i'm not gonna do anything about it <laughs> because i want things to be done on like my terms you know but that's not how the world works sure yeah so we'll just keep putting you know, the stuff out to a small audience uh, infrequently and uh, not make a mark. <laughs> In the, like, photography world, is there, like, a current trend? That, like, photography is, a, is, is just a world that, um, like, I mean, we're, we're so image-saturated, but, like, as an art form and as, like, as an art history, like, the art history of photography is something that just totally evades me. Um, it's like, photography it's just such a broad umbrella that now has many use cases but of course like you know what I am more familiar with not currently I, I'm not as keyed in as like my friend David would be who you know he, he deals with like photo book distribution and he's always looking at new titles and stuff um but there see there is a uh, photography seems to be separated from art in a way, and it and it's always had that problem historically because it first started as a scientific medium, you know, like the like kind of early to mid eighteen hundreds, like the advent of the camera happened. Yeah. Um, and then, like, you know, I, I like this this guy I fall on Twitter, I forget his name, um, 
he had this great post about every painting since photography has been inventing has been a reaction to photography because okay. the, no one, no painter could replicate reality as well as the camera could. Um, which I think is partially true, but of course the camera is a flawed device um, because it's recording a only a particular place at a particular time from a particular vantage point uh, from a particular person. So, and then this is a common, I guess, agreed upon point in sort of art photography discourse is that photographs are subjective rather than objective. They're not objectively telling the truth about something. Right. Uh, but then I, I think that kind of bleeds into a almost like Randian, you know, like, is there objective truth, you know? Is there objective sure. reality? Uh, I'm not an objectivist, uh, not because I disagree entirely, it's just that I'm not even really entirely familiar because it's been so long. But, um... Well, I mean, that's like, yeah, it's spot on. I mean, like, Impressionism was a reaction to photography where... Oh, that was about, like, collapsing time onto itself. You know, I mean, yeah. and that that was, and cubism was about taking different vantage points, like all these multiple pictures, and then like stacking exactly. them on top of each it, other. Well, part yeah. of that was like, because prior to that, like the painter had a, a functional job of like portrait, like depicting reality as close as they could. Yeah. With their skill, like it was a very technical process, and and the camera relieved them of that pressure, so they can just purely um, express. You know, like, what is their impression of the world? Yeah. Um, until, it, you know, it, it go from Impressionism to Cubism. Um, there's, like, yeah, you kind of see like, a resurgence of that, like, lately of, like, um, artists who are being praised for, like, how skilled they are at depicting reality. Um, I mean, this was a few years ago, like, that... Uh, that video of the the picture of like a what the fuck Morgan Freeman, um, the like photorealistic painting kind of shit, you know, of of Morgan Freeman was going around. Yeah. Um, and just the photorealistic shit in general, and it's like, dude, I thought we like got over that like a hundred plus years ago. Like, this is we don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, I mean, I'm um, I, I'm totally uninterested in like photorealism painting because uh, to me. Sorry, it just feels like technical masturbation, you know? It is. It is. It's, it's a sort of sophistry in, in the arts. And um, that's kind of like with like Lynch. That's what makes Lynch so great is that he uh, he's pure. He's purely going off like his impression of things. Um, and he's not trying to reach a certain like technical... Um, He's not trying to master like the technical end of it. Like it's just what what is what tools does he have available to to use to express his sense of reality or, or his sense of dream reality, or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. And he's not trying to impress you with uh, having the most up to date, you know. Which I mean, like like the best of that is like James Cameron, right? Like he's he's a technical wizard, and and he's sort of that like mass market artist. Yeah. Um, so there is a place for like that, a but... Jeff Koons or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I love yeah. what you said about 
you know, using the tool... Because it's so true. I mean, you know, like in Inland Empire, using, like, literally, you know, some kind of mini-DV Sony, you know, oh, yeah. handheld recorder, and then, like, you know, apparently in stuff during, you know, the Twin Peaks, The Return, he's using, like, like DSLR, you know, like, 2010s, like, DSLR. It's so effective. I mean, I'm, like... I just watched uh, Inland Empire was just in theaters, so I finally got to see that. In theaters. Oh really? Yeah, they're they're playing um, it here in the city, so I've been meaning to. It's so good. Yeah, dude, it's so like the, I mean the the sort of like prostitutes who run around with Lori Dern, like they're hot. Yeah. But just that grainy digital texture is just. Oh, just it's so like I, it's so blocky. I grew too. up in that like. Yeah, like I grew up in that porn era, so it just. Just that texture. His home. Yeah. Awakens my like middle school boy in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I what are the what do the girls say again? They like This will bring him in like Flynn. <laughs> I love that. I, I think that girl's uh isn't she David Lynch's wife? I don't know. I, I love how he, like that and Mahal and Drive, like the girls have the, like he always cast these girls like unreal breasts. Emily, yeah, I think that is his wife. Sydney, no, unless his child. Um, yeah, the one who shows her titties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to go. Um, so I would. It, I mean, I'm sure on the big screen, it's amazing, you know. It's dude. It's like. Was it's, it scary um, too? such a delirious movie and you're it, like you reach a point of exhaustion with that one like of all of his films um like that one you just reach this point of exhaustion where you just like are just beaten into submission and you're just along for the ride oh yeah um i mean which is it's great too like he's a he's a he's born in missoula so there's just a kind of magic in the air whenever his movies are played here um yeah so now I'm, I'm looking up his wife's titties hey man it's all part of the research for a american <laughs> yeah. bulgaria uh yeah that's right um but, but you... yeah i mean yeah that like that creative decision um it's just not like i mean You'll find just kind of regular artists in the street who who are aware of the medium, their chosen medium, you know, um, and that that fits into, you know, their their creative, whatever their project. Um, but it's just it, like I feel like the average person just has totally lost sight of that, and it's like the, the whole like NPC meme, like part of that, like people becoming NPCs, is that what's good to them is just having being most up to date and, and being the most updated yeah um, yeah or they i mean yeah i mean the npc is like it's about the updated firmware of you know res, re, regurgitating you know whatever the talking point is yeah i mean i um, i'm trying to be more current because uh, i have a tendency when something new is happening i have a tendency to like go and hide because uh, I get very, I ha I hate hype. Like it's just the worst mm. thing to me because it's so it clouds so many people's judgment. 
you know, when something new comes out and they go, this is terrible or this is amazing and, um, because there's like, because there's this like time factor involved about, you have to, it has to be time in a timely manner and it just kind of reminds me of like, you know, the other, you know, four days ago or whatever, when there was July 4th fireworks and I recorded all, I recorded it, you know, with, with the audio and then I did recording with video and yeah. now I feel like I can't post anything because it's not July 4th anymore and it's mm-hmm. like so aggravating to me. It's like, can I post a picture of the snow in July? You know, can I sure. post fireworks in December? You know. <laughs> well, I mean, the, being scared, like, like the, the inverse of, of, like, the NPC is, is the reflexively negative attitude towards anything new. Yeah. Um, that's sort of, like, kind of, uh, it's a sort of easy reactionary, I mean, there's a lot of hate towards, like, the, the trad cat eat girls right now, <laughs> and I think that's, that's a key component of, of that, is that they're just... We're so online um, to be saying that. Exactly. I'm, I'm yeah. going to explain um, to my girlfriend about Trad Cathy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, those types. Um, to anything that's new, to just... It's very easy to be against it and to pretend that the old thing was better. Um, yeah, but I think... I think fake. we're... Yeah. You yeah, got, it's a, it's a way to pretend to have like t- you know old taste and da da da. That's true, but um, I th- and, and they kind of have like a doomer perception on everything, but um, yeah, like the, new isn't inherently bad either, and that every like there's still a, a potential to it and in there, you know, um, and certainly I, people who who kind of have the foresight to see where things are going, like they kind of see how it fits within like the greater narrative of history. Yeah, I mean, there are select people who are really good at and able to do that. Um, I, I, I'm not like reflexively negative. I just get uh, sort of uncomfortable with the like thing. New things are happening, and I have to like step up to the plate and like form an opinion on it. That's the pressure right. that I feel because I feel more like I, I don't have any strong judgment, you know, but. Maybe, no. maybe maybe I should just kind of watch or listen and not like feel pressured to like come up with a cohesive statement of, of what I think. Well, I mean that is the sort of like race against time thing there of like who's gonna have the the best first uh, take on this new thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That happens. Which quite I mean, a just lot. some people are just like naturally just gifted at that. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily have that impulse there I, I i feel i mean being in montana we've we've uh up until recently we've always been like two years behind the times yeah it's kind of like that napoleon dynamite thing you know just <laughs> perpetually two or three years behind um so i don't there there's that just reminded me today at work like someone played the like john cena theme and i was like dude have you played this like three years ago it would have been funny but it's just not funny <laughs> uh yeah maybe cringe yeah timeliness is important and then sometimes i just want to be like you know i mean things go in style they go out of style you know whatever well it's all vibe shifts it's all vibes now like vibe has replaced time like there's no chronology anymore it's just like this 
it it's like our sense of time has been replaced by this like mass endocrine system of like hormones and our hormone hormone shift collectively um you know like the sort of like twitter the twitter shift of kind of railing against the trad cats and conservatism and stuff um that's not like that's not just a superficial trend like that's something like i felt for kind of a while um you can just kind of feel it you know it it just occurs subliminally and it's hard to i don't know like it's hard to gauge or kind of pin the chronological events of these things um which sucks because to to even like engage with it you have to be constantly engaged and you have to be yeah yeah fried on social media and the internet um which it's nice having a girlfriend who's not because she she I'll be necessarily embarrassed when I when I get too like in your phone far down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> um, it's nice having a girlfriend because I haven't been on my phone as much because because we're like together and like doing stuff. So oh yeah, my screen time since I've moved has been cut like in half. It used to be like eight hours a day. Now it's only at like three or four. Yeah, I've uh, I mean, I've. I've taken so long on this magazine that I've, I've kind of reached a point of shame that I just have I've avoided social media altogether. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the past two weeks, I, I don't. It sounds like feels weird, but like I, I feel like I don't deserve to like post. Yeah. Um, because it feels like it's a uh, just kind of like a fuckboy thing to do. <laughs> I get that feeling so much, dude. Especially like you know, on Instagram, if I like don't post pictures, and then just out of the blue, I. Especially if it's not timely, like the July Fourth stuff. I don't like. I don't post at all, really. Like, or I post very infrequently, and then yeah. for me to like out of the blue, like a week later after Fourth of July, I'd be like, here's some fireworks. I'm like, this is dude, it's... this is <laughs> yeah. embarrassing. Or like, here's this picture of me at graduation. Like, dude, graduation was two weeks ago. Like, get over it, you know? Right. <laughs> I've never been in this position, but it's like if you owe someone money. And you just show up at a party where they're at. You just don't acknowledge it, you know? Oh, yeah, you just... I've, <laughs> I've actually had this happen to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I did, like, a... Uh, I did a photo shoot, and uh, the person didn't pay up the uh, amount that we agreed upon. So when I saw them, it was just... Oh, shit. It was just, like... I didn't even... We didn't even talk about it. We were just like, hey, man, how's it going? That, and then we stayed yeah. in the opposite corners of the room. Fuck that. <laughs> um, anyway, for for moving forward to to wrap this conversation up is is how how does one take all this advice, these things that they know to be true, and actually like act on them? Uh, dude, it's just, you just fucking, whatever it is, if it's the canvas, if it's your, if it's InDesign on your computer, if it's the keyboard, you just gotta fucking get there. Um, I'm so, I, I'm so bad at that, like, I'm, well, I'm much better now, but like, it's just that you just gotta show up and do it. You gotta be your own boss. Um, not in the scammy way, but in like, 
your own kind of authoritarian of like just do it um i like i don't take advice and i'm not good at giving advice <laughs> uh because i i think we all intuitively know what to you know even without advice like advice is just kind of like us repeating what we already know it's it's um, words that like can't replace action we, we already have it hardwired into us. Like, our, our, our body tells us what we need to do. Like, we already know it. And, uh, um, it, it's, it's something you can only do on your own terms, like being honest with yourself, um, and having the discipline to stick to it. Um, I, like, personally, like, to just tell, I, I just have to tell myself it's more fun than I, than I think it is. Like, and it, it's, it just is fun. Like I have fun doing my work, um, and I'm and I'm depressed when I don't. Mm. You know, um, to like every time I sit and I do my work and, and I have a hard time going to bed. I have a hard time like pulling myself away from the screen. So it's, it's the opposite problem. Once I actually get going to it, it's just an inertia thing. Mm. Um, like my personal, have you seen a have you seen that Hideaki Anno uh, documentary? I think that's the name. The Neon Genesis Evangelion guy. No, I haven't. Um, Jack described his, uh, in his most recent um, NGE episode with Zach, he described him as, like, dawdling <laughs> um, through his, like, final movie. And I'm like, oh, dude, that sounds like me. And I watched it, and that's exactly, like, he he's a guy who, <clears throat> Hideaki, like, he's he's motivated strictly by feeling um and he he's lucky that he well not just luck because he, he's proven himself but like he's lucky that he has a, a group around him who's patient enough to deal with his bullshit mm. because he'll just sit there quietly kind of like messing around with his craft and and they they're just kind of like shooting shooting in the dark to see like what idea will stick based on like what his probably to them like arbitrary like feeling he's yeah. like oh that feels good yeah and it'll, it'll take like weeks for him to reach that point um that like that's that's been me for like this entire project um which i i, I trust my feelings and i think that the, the net result is good it just takes so fucking long yeah um and i, I think there's just a lot of bad habits interlace with that you know and a lot of like personal hangups because like i i do and i'm constantly working but it's very it's just unproductive because it is it's very feeling oriented and, and whatever side of the brain is the more objective one I, I need more of that yeah um but i mean in in general it's just like you just gotta you just gotta do it and then you just gotta release and i think that the key thing is like to realize you're not the you're not the one who decides whether or not what you do is art. Or if um, it's good. Or if it's good. And and you know what? Like, that's not... Who gives a fuck? Because in the long run, uh, I don't... Like, your contemporaries aren't, aren't going to necessarily decide that for you either. You yeah. know? Yeah. Um, that's something that doesn't really happen until after you're dead. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. You know? <laughs> uh so it's it's just like i want to release stuff and then like i 
want a, the feedback, but then I don't want the feedback. And I, like, want people to see it, and then I don't want anybody to say anything. Dude, I'm such a rat with that. Like, I've, <laughs> I, uh, I will select people, um, because I know what kind of feedback they give me. I have one guy who's, like, brutally honest, so he's, like, my go-to for, like, he, you know, the final judgment if it's, if I'm in the right direction or not. Yeah. Um, and he just supernaturally has just incredible instincts, too. Um, so it's good to have someone like that. And you do, like, I tend to work alone with a lot of my stuff, but, um, you, you do need other people to a degree. It's nice to think I'm certain, I'm certainly like that. Yeah, like, everyone thinks, not everyone, um, but it's nice to think that you can be your own, like, Howard Rorick, um, self-contained, little perfect, um, or complete. Yeah. Um, which I think it's important to have that attitude towards like your vision yeah. and, and your, what you want to accomplish. But, um, it, it's, uh, it's very easy for your, like your head to go up your own ass with your own shit without someone honest to be like, no, nah, dude, you're better than this or, or this is whatever, you know, um, someone you can trust to get you back on, on, on the rails. <laughs> so now the question is, do I post this, you know, the timeliness of when I post this episode? Oh, dude. Yeah, always post. No, but I'm saying the timeliness. It's like, I if, it's like if I wanted to, I could just post it tonight. Yeah, I have no sense of time. Um, that kind of shit is, uh, like when I, when I'm done with something, I, I'm, I post and I'm done with it. It's just the getting there, um, that makes me anxious. Um, there is no, like, there is no right time, like, to, to gauge. Like, no one's, I mean, if, if there was, then, like, the stock market would be easy, you know? Yeah. For anyone to just jump in and fucking like, here's the yada yada. Um, it's just you just keep. The more you post, the the more like the more likely you're gonna hit the right moment, the right you know, be in the right place at the right time, kind of thing. Um, unless you're like some fucking Emily Dickinson uh, savant, where you just like trust that after you die, someone's gonna pick up your work and. <laughs> read the gospel <laughs> um but yeah that's just that's insanity good luck with that <laughs> yeah that's insane person shit alright I think that's it wait I want to talk uh, real quick about um whether on or off the Bay Area music oh yeah, let's. You've been you've been getting into that. So let's see what I've been listening to. Um, so with my job, you know, I'm able to listen to like podcasts and music while I work. So it's been mm-hmm. really good because um, it's like you know I, I have to sort of focus on what I'm doing 
and but the task is not so brain intensive that I can't like also process the music or the words, yeah. you know, which is yeah. good because you know with the editing job, it's like I couldn't really listen to music or podcast because it was it took a lot of my brain power. Sure. Um, so I'm just kind of going back through my history. So I've been I haven't really been challenging myself. I, at first, I was blazing through TPN. You know, I'm uh, go, going through season two. Let's see what episode I'm at. Like, I don't know. I'm at, I've got to be at like 75 or something. Dude, like, talk about like the power of suggestion. Like, just him describing his podcast as this continuing narrative that you have to listen to beginning to end. And, like, reiterating that point. Yeah, like uh, it's re- it gets people to go and do that, like me. And I, yeah, I did that. And like when I, I'm up to date now, and it was like I had a moment, like, dude, he, like that was a full time job. <laughs> you know? Yeah, dude, I and literally I, like, for the past, yeah. past besides this week, I started listening to music, but the past yeah. two or three weeks, it's like I would listen to like three or four episodes a day. Yeah, and that's it's like, yeah, no, it's a lot of content, so. Um, I mean, that's like, again, like the power of the personality, um, it's, he just fucking has that, where, it, just the, the boldness of his personality, he, he gets people to listen, put in a full-time job's worth of, like, catching up with his, yeah. <laughs> you know, this massive project. Yeah, it really is, ma- yeah. Um, it's fucking cool. Um, but, in terms of music... Let's see where I started. So, first I was like, I, for some reason, I put my phone on shuffle, and for the past, like, two years, I haven't really been listening, like, been able to, like, listen to a new, like, new music at all, whether, and new being, like, new to me, you know? Right, right. So, um, on shuffle came up most deaf, um... Black on both I sides. Uh, <laughs> have you listened to that album? No, I had his first one. I think it's his first one with the uh, Miss Fat Booty. Yeah, that's that's the one. Oh, that is that it? Yeah. Okay. I yeah. I love that album. It's so and I guess I He's really really good. He's one of those. Um, whatever. He he's great. He, he's a very his his rap style I've always loved. Like, yeah. That album is great. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and I certainly... I think it really... Because I'm living in Brooklyn, and that's, like, where mm. he's from, and he's, like, describing these places, and I'm like, whoa, I'm really getting the imagery now. So I was like, okay. okay, okay, what's some other, you know, New York stuff from, like, the 90s that I can listen to? So I was okay. listening to a little bit of Big L. Um nice. Yeah, he has this song with Fat Joe called "The Enemy" that I really like. <laughs> um, Big Pun has a song with Fat Joe that's really good. Yeah, I mean, all those you know, like, I think it's just been so fun for me to like, kind of trace the architecture of like why things sound a certain way because like, New York, ha- you know, I've always heard the talking point like. You know, New York rap sounds gritty because, you know, it's gritty on the streets of New York, 
and like sure. whatever you know but now i'm like i really get that i really yeah. understand why the sound is like that because yeah yeah it's like claustrophobic and it's concrete and it's just like you gotta be tough and hard um it also needs some missoula rap <laughs> yeah facts it's so bad <laughs> i'm gonna that's my next venture after. you know i actually have one high school buddy that's some good stuff but uh it might just because I, I love him to death, but that put me on. Um, <laughs> dude, were you like, were you uh, was hip hop and like rap? Was that like not your your default music genre going up growing up? Rap was my. So here's the timeline. Basically, is I'm born mm -hmm. in 1998. Okay. The the first like ten years of my life were whatever well i don't know it was a mix of things some of it was uh soundtrack music from like spongebob and my 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 brother's you know he's really into music he had a really big devo phase and he's really into craft work and like electronic stuff and then like we were into like rock stuff because we played guitar hero so nice. th then we got put on to like that type of you know metallica megadeth type stuff mm -hmm. um then, like, halfway through, uh, because I started getting involved with, like, playing Call of Duty and video games, and those, like, they would use yeah. those songs oh, in the videos, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then I was into, like, kind of dubstep and stuff, and then sure. from there on out, I got in, interested in rap, but it was a very, very sheltered view of rap music, because I wasn't, like... Well, one, it was a slightly different time. It was in between, like, um, going to a CD record shop and picking up new releases. But it also wasn't, like, the age of streaming. So, you know, you were acquiring music through, like, torrenting. But, of course, if you were torrenting, you'd have to actually know what you're looking for before you get it. So there wasn't a lot of room for, like, exploring if, especially because, like, my older brother was not into rap, or my dad was not, so it wasn't like, oh, I get, yeah. man, I gotta show you these records from, like, the early 80s, or, the, like, the in the mid-90s, or whatever. So, mm -hmm. um, I got interested in what I call the COD rappers, okay. uh, and yeah, then, yeah. and then ever since then, it's basically, you know, a few classic guys here and there, like, you know, I listened to Illmatic in high school, and, like, you know, stuff like that, but, Blasters. you know, only now am I really, like, okay, I'm really trying to, like, listen and catch up on everything, like, I okay. listened to, I had, this is, you know, embarrassing, I'm gonna bid all this stuff, I'd never listened to, uh, AT Aliens, or the Outcast album, I never, okay. I never listened to Stankonia, I've never heard a <laughs> Mac Dre song in my life till, like, yesterday, uh, I, Mac Dre is, um, I mean, he's like the go-to Bay, Bay Area dude. Oh, it's really fun, too. Um, it's really fun stuff. He's he's still, like, he's still not, He I don't know, there, there's something kind of fun about him that's not totally mainstream. Yeah, and, no, and, yeah. That's still, that's still local. Like, he's a genuine local yeah. artist. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of locked in there. Like, he, like, Bay Area rap in general, too, because I really got into that when I went to school in the Bay, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of locked it. Like E40 is really the most mainstream guy. 
And um, I but have, it, but it's yeah. Like there's an element of like just being shitty enough. That yes. It, yes. It won't hit mainstream. <laughs> uh, it'll be preserved to the Bay Area. Yeah. And, and here, in a sense. Um, that's which, that's exactly Mac that. Dre and E40. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like I mean, Matt. You know, E40 has this like really goofy voice. And then Mac Dre has this almost like seemingly low effort sort of way about him, you know. Yeah, it's so just fun. Um, but uh, before this past few days, I got into um, and before I got down in the city, I got into listening to Pusha T with like mm -hmm. Daytona because I had never listened to that, uh, okay. which, which I really liked. And then I found clips. You know, which was the, his original yeah. group. Yeah. I listen to a lot of clips, but not, like, standalone Pusha T. Yeah, I, I recommend uh, Daytona, for sure. Um, yeah, like, I didn't even know that he was, like, uh, Kanye's boy. Oh, um, that's what I knew him from originally. Out. Yeah, I didn't know he was in clips. I was, like, the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like clips a lot. Um, and, like, the... Uh, like, Pharrell and, like... Um, the Neptunes. The whole, like, nerd. Yeah, Neptunes. Yeah. That was an interesting time, because he... Pharrell was kind of doing... And, like, that whole... Well, not clips, um, but, like, Pharrell in that scene was, like, kind of the start of, um, like, skater rap. And I call it, like, whiteface. Like, it, it's, it was this sort of, like, whiteface moment. Like, the <laughs> combination of that and jackass and like Lil Wayne and like wearing a, a trucker hat was this like co-op the co-opting like rednecks you know yeah. um that that whole era of hip hop was interesting oh yeah and like clips overlapped with that a little bit um, yeah cause they're from Virginia I think yeah and then like it kind of like morphed into like this post race like odd future and stuff you know yeah, that's um, totally. Yeah, it, it's weird. Like I, I remember at the time thinking like that's this this is gonna be like the future, and then it kind of like just went away in like two thousand like twenty thirteen onward. Oh, like odd um, future. Yeah, like I mean, especially because they it, dissipated and like split up, but there had right. seemed like so much. I was not aware of this at the time because I, I was. I guess I just, I didn't skate, and, uh, I wasn't uh, on the right, like, online form, you know? But, mm -hmm. um, just reflecting now, it seems like there was so much of, like, excitement about this, you know, sort of, especially someone like Tyler, who was, at the time, really sort of, um, you know, fl uh, abrasive and scary, yeah. scary to a yeah. lot of people. Um, but I think it was just so interesting and exciting that reflecting now that there are all these young guys who were just cre like a group of them creating things and mm -hmm. like put in actually putting it out there and not like being perfectionists, you know, but they had a lot of natural talent, talent and ability. Yeah. Um, I've always liked that future. Um, but yeah, when I hear people who like, um, have to like study up on on rap. I I mean I was born in '91. Like that was just uh, that was just like the default. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in Montana. It's funny like hearing people talk about like kind of romanticizing 
rural America. Because <laughs> uh, at least in Montana, it was like Wiggers and Americans, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and those two would tend to flip-flop. Like, the people who, um, the dudes who would be, like, Wiggers one week would be, like, wearing a cowboy hat the next because they're, like, going through, like, some Montana identity crisis. <laughs> uh, like that, like, ladybird thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we're all, like, Wiggers, you know? And so rap was just, like, that was it for the most part. Yeah, I mean, like the whole like Sound Forty One moment and all that was fun, like punk and emo and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, my girlfriend likes. I mean, she primarily came from a sort of like a pop punk, emo, other stuff. She, she kind of has that that look. Um, she yeah, she I was, always liked that too. You know what's funny was that uh, all the punk emo girls like my friend group specifically kind of like mocked um but i thought they were like i thought they were the cutest <laughs> like the avril lavigne shit yeah you know? type swoop um, to the side <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think it's yeah. so funny because it's uh i mean she has very good music taste when she knows a lot of things but then there are like i just split off into like kind of autistic like male brain where i'm like I'm like, Rachel, Luke, I listen to all these rap albums today. She's like, I don't really care. Yeah, not that she doesn't care about me. She doesn't, like, she, she's not like, whoa, dude, that Cameron oh, track shoot. was really good. Yeah, bro. Dude, um, that's, so rant cam that's so funny. I li so I listened to Cameron Purple Haze today, and okay. I just thought the whole thing was fucking garbage, except the track he had with, so with like, Kanye and, tw and Twister. And maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I need to re-listen no, again. I only know, uh, hey, Ma, what's up? That's, th the album he has with Hey Ma, and it has Oh Boy and Live My Life, uh -huh. are, I, this, uh, Come Home With Me is a good Cameron album because it's, like, Rockefeller... Just Blaze production, Kanye yeah. production, samples, you know, bars, yeah. but it's endearing. Purple Haze was just like MIDI instruments, weird flows that don't really hit, sing-songy nursery rhyme type sure. of stuff. So, um, okay. I'm just finding, you know, I, I'm letting all the stuff wash over me, and I'm not so concerned about, like, you know, I've got to re-listen to everything, you know, but, um... No. It but, is kind of funny to take, like, uh... It's just weird that that's, like, a moment of, like, art history now. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. It's still so present to me in so many ways. I was super into, like, uh... The R&B scene, which... I don't... Stuff... No one, like... Yeah. Like, I loved Usher. I loved Omarion. Um... Ashanti. Ashanti. Oh, dude, yeah. Dude, I'm... Yes. I love Ashanti. Um, I like Rain On Me. That's a good song. <laughs> I was obsessed... Because I was obsessed with, like, breakdancing machine. Like, dance was, like, my main thing. Oh, really? Um, I was... What I loved... When I, when I interviewed um, Aaron Fagan, the poet... Yeah. He... We just... We, we, we were just on the same page. Um... Because he had he had this whole take about like 
he had to express himself non-verbally and so he just he gravitated towards like dance and and skateboarding and all that and like poetry was the sort of like verbal thing that allowed him to like he express himself through words mm. um which makes sense like poetry's almost like it's non-verbal in in its how it works you know yeah um but i was always the same way because i was i was extremely shy growing up uh but i loved like dance was everything um to the point that like in high school our school kind of got footloose about um like our spring dance specifically because our spring dance was wine themed so like all the girls would dress up like whores you know yeah <laughs> they would they would wear whatever whatever clothes you know showing up and then they'd take it all off and be like in bikinis dancing <laughs> um, and so our school like put the kibosh on that my sophomore year and the house we moved to had a big garage that just had a speaker system like just built into it and um, after my freshman year, when I discovered grinding, <laughs> which I was just obsessed with, uh, I, like, I couldn't let us, like, miss out on, like, the, the Hawaiian dance, so we, we ended up hosting that at our house, um, which is a bit of a shit show, um, because without, like, school supervision, everyone's just, like, drunk and, and shit, but... Dude, and you were a horn dog back then. Oh my god, dude! I would um, my okay, my fresh. It was like it was like when I like first learned that like when I first learned about sex, um, which I learned through a porno when I was very young, that like peepees go in vaginas. <laughs> that was my mobile understanding. Like holy shit, no way. <laughs> uh, the same feeling when I went to my first school dance freshman year, and I saw people grinding. Mm. And I, and I learned that that's not just a thing in music videos, that that's, like, a thing that people do in, like, this mass heap of just bodies. Um, Bro, they were, like... I'm, I'm just amazed they, like, a lot of this shit in middle school is, like... Oh, my God, dude. It... Yeah, it blew my mind. And I would, uh... I would go to, like, other schools' dances. Um, <laughs> just Grind to do that. that <laughs> <laughs> um, oh I mean, like, in Missoula, it's, like... We got, like, three main school, like, high schools, whatever. Um, but I, I was, like, I was a fiend. <laughs> uh, That's so funny, because, like, I never went to the middle school dance because I heard they were grinding and I was scared. <laughs> it was, I, I remember, um, like, in middle, like, eighth grade, no one in our school was grinding, uh, but one girl who, um, she's cool, but she was just kind of, it's sad now, but she's just, like, just total trailer trash and, like, just not, <laughs> not a good situation. Um, she, like, grabbed me and, like, grinded with me, and everyone was pissed off at me. And I was really confused, but, uh, yeah, freshman year of high school, is like, that's when that blew up. And I would go to, like, every school. And then, like, I got to the point where, like, we have what's called, like, the Elks Club, downtown Missoula, um where people like go and dance every weekend mm. uh, you have to be like 18 plus or like 21 plus and so my buddy and i would like hang out outside and like wait for people who are leaving um and we'd ask them for their wristbands that like shows you're 21 <laughs> and we just like put it back together with like gum or whatever 
but that like that whole that whole era was just like the horn du- like the music was like Usher to Marion and the R and B stuff. Like I, I was really into that. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I love Tiger your me- I love your memories. They're so like vivid imagery wise you know dude uh that's something when when i go downtown now it lately it's been lively again because of all the like california and like new york transplants yeah um which like montanans reflexively are negative about yeah of the course. Whole, like don't, don't montana or don't california my texas don't california my montana shit yeah i like them because it's like they Fresh meat. People, a eh? and they're like they're here to have fun. Um, whatever their ideology is, like they're they're living hypocritically, where like they see this red state of freedom and they're living it up. Um, so there's been a lot of music the past couple summers, which has been awesome. Because um, before, like before that, before COVID, it was like downtown scene when I would pop in and like see the place I used to dance and like do all the the usher uh horn dog shit yeah it was sad it was like this like it's very instagrammy in this like look don't touch mm. um where, where people especially the girls be really dressed up in this um under boob whorish way uh but they wouldn't they would get mad at anyone who would approach them um and like montana montana which I wasn't used to when I moved to California, like, the, the girls would approach the women in, in a lot of these, um, at least relative to, like, in California. Like, I, I wasn't used to, like, when I moved to California, I didn't know that I had to, like, approach women. Because like, <laughs> women were, they were pretty aggressive. And um, I had a buddy from Alaska who even said, like, he criticized Missoula, where he's like, dude, in Alaska, it's even worse. Like, the women were like, they're like the cavemen who would like bonk you on the head and you <laughs> to the cave, you know? Um, so it's like the more rural you get, like the more aggressive the women are. Um, granted, they're like corn-fed hussies, but... <laughs> uh, they're big gals, but... Um, <laughs> but, like, th- th- but I don't know. That was... Uh, it's fun. Like, people were dancing. Like, it, it, I can't stand um, the whole look, don't touch, and, and where no one's dancing... And I just th- I just think people uh, don't want to look cringe or like they don't yeah. they want to be like self like aware and ironic so they they can't like let themselves enjoy the moment. They don't want to be cringe like that's the bottom line. It's um there's that Nietzsche quote about like what do you say? He's like I I won't follow or I won't believe in any god who doesn't know how to dance. Huh. Um, not to cr- sound cringe myself, but like, yeah, we'll for- uh, we'll like foray that. into that a little bit. <laughs> you know, that's so true though. It's like the the dance floor is like the happiest place in the world. You'll you'll see, you go to a wedding and there's like, like four year olds all the way up to like eighty ninety year olds, and everyone's happy. I um, just think it's. I mean, for someone like me, it's scary because it's like you don't know what to do. Yeah, there's, you can get into, um, there are, like, certain, like, dance traditions. Well, and that's why I think, like, they, they need to, 
I, I also think pe people, sorry, oh. but I always think people are really quick to make fun of bad dancing as well. They are. Like, I don't, I don't know. I never, I've, I've, um, I've always just danced. I never really gave a fuck. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's part of it. Because those people who make fun of it are, are, they're losers. Like, <laughs> they've got nothing going for them. Um, dancing is, it's, it's just pure fun. There's not, it's just, it's the most wholesome thing you can do. Yeah. Um, it's a great way to connect. It's a, it's foreplay if, if you're single. Um, hey. Hey. it's, it's my, it, I don't, dude, I love dance. Um, that like, it, it's, it's, I always think on this, like when, whenever like there's a big political or like there's discourse or da da da. And, and I think like, what, what do I care about? Like, I don't care about the left, right shit. Like I, I my biggest enemy is like people who don't like to dance and like have that attitude <laughs> of like making fun of people on dance floors. Like that's the enemy. Uh, in terms of like living a happy life and like doing, you know, um, being willing to like risk being cringe to like do what's like fun and fulfilling. Yeah. Uh, like it's all it's all there on the dance floor, and yeah, that's why I like Gaspar Noe too, because he, like, you watch a movie like Climax, which has a very horrific depiction of all this, and really all of his movies are kind of like they have a sort of like music video feel and structure. Yeah. Um. It's not it's not just that they're pure fun. Like there is a lot of like subliminal horror. Oh, of course. To the whole experience of like clubbing and the dance floor and the hedonism of it all. Which, which I'm a very hedonistic creature, but uh, that that the horror of it is part of the fun too, and it's part of the eroticism, and the it's like the, at the end of um, McCarthy Cormac McCarthy's uh, Blood Meridian, where the devilish creature Judge whatever um, the fuck's the Italian? I look it up. The Judge, he's he's like this. He's basically it's like the devil's like conducting everyone to dance like there there is a sort of like devilish evil side to it um where like you, you lose your individuality and, and identity to the dance floor but that that's part of it it's like a it's a there's an ego death to the dance floor um that's also like very healthy and uh you're, you're just not thinking about yourself you know you're, you're just moving to the music <laughs> yes, as Eminem said, lose yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nah, but but everyone go listen to uh, I Soldier Boy Tell Him Deluxe Version. <laughs> Fire out. Dude, I, in in our interview, I mentioned uh, Nas and his um his quote about like, hip hop's dead. Oh really? Yeah, and I remember that there was some beef between Nas and Soldier Boy because Soldier Boy is like, nah, hip hop's not dead. Like, Nas is a bitch for saying it's dead. Like, he's trying to kill it by saying it's dead. And I actually <laughs> kind of believe... Like, I'm kind of on the Soulja Boy side with that. Dude, uh, Soulja Boy was a pioneer of, like, wacky, like, electronic sounds and, like, and rap hooks and shit like that. Yeah. Um, Tech 9 has a song called Cry Baby that he was making fun of his fellow rappers specifically for that, that, um that era in the 2000s when people like Nas were saying that hip-hop is dead and like, oh, it's not what it used to be. Um, yeah, Tech Nine is basically calling them crybabies. Like, well, fucking, like, make it good then, you know? 
dude, I just realized I have, I have so much to catch up on. I have to... <laughs> Kid Cudi... I've got to go through Kid Cudi. I've never listened to, like, any of the Lil Wayne, like, Carter albums. Uh, Kid Cudi, it's, he's... Like, his first album's... Um, it's good. It was a moment. Dude, Anything all it's, like, it. every, like, millennial, uh, you know, like, stoner, like loves man on the moon you know that is like obsessed with like yeah man i remember back in like college you know we used to burn we used to yeah. listen to this and burn you know and he exactly. got he got me through a lot of dark times he was um kind of like our neutered uh pink floyd the man on the moon yeah um, but, but but like more danceable like he he i like that album um there's there's a lot that's good there um everything everything after that it has been like him trying to catch up with that first album and i don't <laughs> think he ever did dude why do rappers do that they put out their like first thing ever is like a well not the first is like right after the first you know what i mean because like the first stuff is like their like unreleased or like mixtape or demo stuff but yeah. then like the first thing that they do you're like God damn! And then everything, <laughs> right. everything after that, you're like, uh. There's very few artists who can like get past that, you know. Like, but hey, I will forever love Kanye because he just keeps. Um, oh yeah, he keeps like or not, he keeps like, upping he, he does, the ante. Yeah, he keeps going. Um, Eminem, who like, uh, Marshall Mathers, that that album, which is just, it's not just like a masterpiece. Like, it's just insane what he did with that. It was such like a nuclear bomb. Yeah. Um, culturally speaking, he's another one though that like he like he still I don't think he ever. Um, he never got past that. Like even even his follow up the Eminem show like that's good. Um, there's a lot to that that was still shocking. Yeah. But um, artistically, it, it he never he had a hard time. And and you see it now, like uh, 2010s Eminem onward is is pretty awful. Um, like he's angrier and and without the charm goofball side of him that would, that made him so unique. Yep. Um, even aside from like his political shit, like it's just it's just not there. Like he's like this. He like he he's been replaced by like the robot Eminem. <laughs> you know. Um, the imposter. Yeah, cause that dude that. Yeah, um, I can't like Tech Nine though. Like I, he's 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 very loud like musically, but like he's very like you don't hear much about him. But whenever you listen to his shit, it's like it's it's very masterful in a playful way. I do think um, I, like JPEG Mafia as a, a more recent artist, he's someone who is doing his thing and is clearly an artist in like he, he's genuinely experimenting and. Um, doing something, you know. I like. He has this. He has this great cover of uh, "I Want It That Way" uh, by the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Highly recommend that song. That's funny. I used to listen to that like on repeat, but um, yeah, he he he's also interested. I think, formally, experimenting in in audio, you know like between it being musical compositions and then it like 
because he's into like field recordings and all this shit so it's just like yeah it can be audio um and then obviously he's got a pretty uh he doesn't you know bite his tongue when it comes to uh, po- uh certain matters political or otherwise sure yeah i don't know too much about that you you just like tell you can tell certain artists who have um that like medium is the message sensibility where mm. like they understand uh the tools they're working with yeah like i mean we talked about lynch um james cameron like he, he's he's one who he's trying to pioneer in a genuine way so he, he's cool um because a lot of a lot of artists they get lost in the sauce and and they don't understand like the medium is the message fundamentally I just, and how to like play yeah. with that, you know? It's like, really, at the end of the day, you're like, you're back to being a kid with like, little like building blocks with with letters on them, you know? Uh, this it's is your, this wow. this is where though I think craft is very important that the people you were just mentioning are confident enough in their knowledge that they can venture and experiment. Mm-hmm. Um. And I just think about, you know, in the case of rap, uh, most rap artists, you could almost say almost all, are not formally trained musicians. So um, that's fine, of course. You don't even need to have a grasp, like, to be one of the best, because I'm sure. But it, it it certainly can help. But what I'm trying to say is that you need to sort of be in control of all you can do with your voice or all you can do with making beats for you right, yeah. yeah for for you to like conquer new territory mm-hmm. um, yeah you understand like how it fits in with that and um like like i keep ripping like Kanye like he like he's not a good singer but he understands um how to use his kind of mid voice in a way that's interesting oh yeah and but he's also not i think he has exudes so much confidence that like he's not singing and then he goes i know i'm kind of bad but i'm gonna sing he just does it you know he just like you see him like conducting an orchestra and he's like i want it like this you know Mm -hmm. he's not he's not like uh yeah it could be the you know i know i'm not a like whatever you know (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah. But he's um, also like a creative genius, so whatever. I feel like I'm restarting the podcast by asking this, but like with the uh, with um, you taking like a more diaristic approach to photography and stuff, do, does like having a persona or or having a sort of like looking at yourself as like Matteo Patio, Matthew Denicola, like you look at yourself and use yourself. Um, as a persona, in a sense, like you get you get what I'm asking, or is it just sheer? Not even thinking about that, just here I am. I would say uh, it's I would say it's a little bit of both. Like sometimes I feel like I'm performing, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think the camera for me is is a way to like make me aware of the moment that's happening. And try, and I'm almost like emphasizing its importance by being like, I want to record this now. Mm. Like I don't think it's entirely random when I t- turn on the camera. So, 
and that's been the problem why I haven't put out any of the, like, ambient audio recordings, because, you know, life is such a jumbled mess. Right. Um, so, like, for something, let's say, to be art, because I have, like, this need to be, like, it, things need to be art, Something interesting has to happen. And you have to use your own judgment, and maybe it's an arbitrary judgment, but I have to decide when it begins and when it ends. Okay. Things natural, like, things naturally... Like, like, there has to be a narrative structure to... It, um, yeah, and even if it's not, like, a formal, like, ABC plot line, it just means, like, whenever I... Like, say I record two hours of my my graduation commencement. You know, mm -hmm. I could just put up the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but then part of me is like, well, that's boring. Like, the most exciting part of it is when John Waters spoke, and that's only, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. But, so, like, I guess I'm at this, um... Like, I feel really, really conflicted because... Conceptually, I think it's really interesting, you know, in a like a Warholian sense to be right to be yeah. like anything could be art, but then I don't have the balls to follow through with it because I don't want to look like I'm being low effort or and I don't want like sure. I'm just, I don't want to just dump and subject people to something that's like completely useless. That's probably good. You have that um, check. Yeah. Uh, in relation to like Warhol, because like Warhol was doing that in a time when not too many people were. Like, yeah. There, there was still like studio safeguards and market pressures to um, provide a certain like um, market demonstrated pro like product, like something that hey, if, if we include this, this, and this, it's gonna net this profit. Yeah. Um, which, like, you can use that, whatever, but, like, he, he was kind of, in, like, nuts to do it, what he's doing, what he did. I mean, especially because film costs money and stuff. Exactly. And... It's like, 12, 12 hours of film, you know? Yeah. So, like, everyone's kind of doing that in a way where, um, acting too cool for school and just, just posting uh, in this kind of lackadaisical way, like... You can only do that if you, um, if you're just, I don't know, if you're like a Zach Langley who just like has, uh, just, just has it, you know? Yeah. And even he, like, he doesn't just do that. He, 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 he posts out some good shit that's clearly like thought out and, and structured. Um, so I, yeah, I get what you mean, but, uh... I don't know. You you you're providing something there. there. There's something to that that I just find interesting. I'm a, it's hard to gauge because like that's a, it's one of those things that like us us freak artist types will tell you that's cool. But uh yeah, like is the is the layman gonna get into it? Yeah, the layman is no shit. So like you know, because I I showed a buddy of mine um, who's an artist like the the S plus S episode. Mm -hmm. And he said, I I'm curious what someone who does not know you would think of this and why they would be listening to it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, they probably like hear about it from someone else and go like, Oh, this is like, kind of, 
This is how they get to know me. This is kind of quirky. They heard me, they heard me shit in the shower. What else do you need? <laughs> now you know me. <laughs> Facts. Uh, All right. I got to I gotta go to bed. It's a thousand degrees in my office here. Oh, yeah, dude. Same here. Yep. Dude, I like plowed through this bottle of tequila. Put it down. Oh, man. It's been, um... I mean, actually, I picked up drinking lately, just because I got buddies in town, but... Yeah. It's nice to, uh, have alcohol affect me again. Yeah, you were off of it for a little while, right? Yeah, dude. Having, dude... Having a, a pregnant lady is the greatest diet strategy. <laughs> I mean, she's a farm animal right now, but I'm I'm losing weight. <laughs> she's a beautiful farm. She's carried my child. <laughs> I felt it yesterday. Like it a insane. graceful, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like a graceful maternal animal. And she's a, what's it, what she's... She's just gorgeous. She's so pretty. Dude, I, I might... I'm going to sign up for the gym on Monday. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't... I I have this, like, big belly now, and it needs to go. So, Dude, um... I lost... I lost a good amount of weight, uh, but now I'm skinny fat. That's, that's, that's the, where I'm that, at. That Dude, that's a whole new fucking beast. I don't know what to do with that. Um, yeah, because I'm like, for my height and my weight, I don't need to lose weight. But it's just that my belly is like protrudes out, and you could like see the <laughs> you could like see the outline of it when I wear a shirt, and I don't like that. Do you sit a lot at work? Yeah, but we have yeah, we can convert to standing desks too, so we could stand. Yeah, the sitting, you probably got that pelvic interior uh, thrust. Uh, uh, the old pelvic thrust. Pelvic interior thilt, tilt, not thrust. <laughs> or like, it tilts, it like protrudes outward. Yeah, it, it's what gives you that like that pouch. Um, I got that's the, from sitting too much. I I got that. Uh, I got right, stand. I fixed then. it recently. It's um. How do you fix it? There's there's certain exercise. I'll send you some exercises. That would be great. I do. Oh god, that's such a horrible like the extreme version of that. That's just asking when you got like extreme interior pelvic tilt. That's like just having a kick me sign on your back everywhere you go. <laughs> like the animal and everyone just wants to bully you. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. All uh, right. That's funny. Hey man. Dude. I I'm in the salt box, man. It feels good. Dude, you're a character like, you know, if I'm like the Morton Salt Girl, you're like the, uh, you're, <laughs> you're like the, um, wow. I'm the, I'm the Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're like, uh, there's like this salt brand, it's called like Red Cross. Okay. And it kind of has almost like a Nazi-type imagery to it. <laughs> what is it? It's called, like, Red Cross. That sounds like some Marvel fucking shit. It's not the American... Oh, Red Cross Salt. Not the American Red Cross. Oh, dude, yeah, that's very... Like, you just look like you slapped that on, like, an SS officer's, like, uniform. 
What the fuck? <laughs> That's like a like pirate Nazi. Yeah, but that you know I'm, like, I'm I'm like the cute little girl with the umbrella type of thing. Dude, you got a great salt box. I was kind of joking with um. You know, because I, I talked about Kim about like us talking and shit for a yeah. while, but then finally she's like, "Wait, what is a salt box?" And I'm like, "Oh, dude, it's like stinky pussy." Podcast <laughs> on stinky pussy. No. <laughs> Maybe in like 2006, that would be like, like you'd hear like Pusha T say that on a verse yeah. or something. Dude, Matteo hates stinky pussy. Nah, man. So he, created, he, he created a whole whole fucking podcast. Nah, man. We don't discriminate here. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta have a little iodine, a little tang. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Appreciate Dude, thank you. you. That was fun. Yep, you're the best ever. Blah. Speak soon. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Speak soon when I uh, I got this this print issue. Hey, man. And, uh, it's about to be a banger for the summer. Oh, dude, it's coming out. Um, end of the week. Oh, really? Right that now. soon? Yeah, I'm, I'm right. Dude, I'm right there. Bro, I'm going hard on the promo as well. Oh, fuck. Everyone. <laughs> I, I'm going to... I'll get all the gay guys on Twitter. I'll be like, hey, guys. There's a picture of my pe- there's a picture of my penis in here. <laughs> Look, I'm a, I'm so flattered that I'm in that, but I like like I was saying, I don't feel entitled to like speak until I, I get this out. Like this is my biggest hangup. Hey man, it, it, don't worry, don't stress it. Just just That's take. Just, you're just, at the uh, you know the finishing line here. I'll fucking I'll post this uh, I'll fucking post this magazine. And then, like, a picture of my dick or something. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not do that. <laughs> I'm in these group chats. It'll, yeah. It, it'll be talked about. Yeah, well. May, mine will probably be talked about. But you you oh, know no. The barrier to entry is you have to buy the print. You have to pay money. That, dude, that's right. I'll start my own group chat. Yeah, hell yeah. It's all little titties and salty pussy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're too deep in the tequila right now. Yeah, I really am. All right, let's let's. Um, yeah. Cool. Speak soon. Yeah, man. Have a good rest of the night. All right. See you, dude. All right. Peace.